0: Welcome back to Tiny Little Victories. Today is episode three. Can you believe it? Episode three? I hope you guys are still around listening. Today, we're going to be talking to Hannah Maniman in Olu, Finland about art and art galleries. So today's episode is the new world order of art. And Hannah started this art gallery, I believe, during COVID. So we're going to talk to her about what's it take to get people into an art gallery during COVID and how have art galleries changed? Because we know, we all know there's been a lot of changes since COVID. A lot of big galleries, a lot of museums were using technology, artificial reality. Artificial reality is not a thing. (laughs) Augmented reality, virtual reality, and today you're even looking at people putting galleries in the metaverse. Um, I'm not sure why I said artificial reality, but I'm actually liking it. Maybe someone should come up with artificial reality. Is that a thing? Could it be a thing? Anyway, little housekeeping. On episode two, I told you that we were on Google Music. Well, that was a lie. We're not on Google Music. We are on Google Podcasts because Google Music does not exist. So forget that. Go looking again if you're a Google person, which I hope you are. Go find us on Google Music, on Spotify, on Stitcher, on iTunes, on Anchor by Spotify, go Spotify, and have a listen and a share. We'd love that. All right. So stay tuned for Hannah Maneman. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Tiny Little Victories. Have you noticed how I say that different every time? I do. Sometimes it's just tiny little victories and sometimes it's tiny little victories. Maybe that's because the mood I'm in. Well, the mood I'm in right now is amazing and happy because right now today on episode three, we're going to be talking to Hannah Manneman. I hope Hannah, I pronounced your last name correctly. The finish is very tricky.
1: Yeah, too many consonants, but you're very
0: close. Okay, Okay, good, thank you. And Hannah is the owner and curator of an art gallery in Oulu, Finland. And I have known Hannah for many, many, many years as she lived around the world and uh, worked in her first part of her career, which we're going to talk about. But anyway, I want to welcome her right now at 7 p.m. Usually she has a glass of Prosecco in her hand. I'm not sure she does now. (laughs) But Hannah, welcome to Tiny Little Victories. Thank you.
1: I'm happy to be here. And I'm glad that you invited me too. Ah, I
0: don't know. <laughs> you don't have to worry about it. We're casual here. <laughs>
1: yeah. no castle, not Prosecco. So I can't blame that.
0: On, okay. On, on, well, on maybe,
1: bumblings. maybe but the yeah, Prosecco would make here. things a little, oh, thanks for inviting me. Oh yeah.
0: Sure. Sorry. I need to stop talking over people. Yeah. I'm really glad that you are able to come. I know it's late. It's 7 PM there. Now it must be pitch black dark. Is that right?
1: Yeah, actually, it's 8 p.m. over here because we are in the Eastern European time, not like oh, yeah. Central European yeah, time. Yeah, that's and right. We ha- we luckily had about three and a half hours of daylight today, and this is, this is how our, our winters are over here.
0: So th- let's let's just we're gonna like slide all over the place, but three and a half hours of daylight, and um, how in the world does that affect your mood and work? I mean, is that why we're always drinking over there?
1: <laughs> that could be one of the reasons. It feels like when November rolls in, I feel like I'm always running late because the sun sets so early and I feel like the day is ending because when the sun sets in November, about 3 or 4 p.m., but now we're in December, so the sunset was about 2.30 today. So it's kind of like you take it so far you might enjoy your occasional trims here and there, but yeah, because of the <laughs> sunny summers, I don't think I'd survive back here anymore.
0: Yeah. I mean, I remember when I was visiting there and visited you and we were, people were jumping into gigantic baths of ice to present their startup pitches, mm-hmm. but it would get dark so early and it does make you sort of change your attitude about things like, you were like well let's just go let's put on our boots like we would just walk and still eat we would sit outside and i think that sort of mentality is kind of healthy because i must it's better i think to just keep living your life like why would you what would you do if you could only have three and a half hours of daylight you would be in bed all day watching movies sleeping and you can't do that i'm <laughs> gonna take a break right now and we're gonna come back to you after hannah has explained the darkness to us and we're gonna pick up from there in just a minute stay tuned I know we were talking about darkness and how you start your mornings and then you kind of power up and down throughout the day and let's just talk let's go straight to the gallery because you and I've known each other for a long time because you've been in communications and PR and um and and what did you just like wake up one day and were like I'm sick of this I've had it which I totally understand. Um, And to start the gallery, how did you make this decision to create this gallery in Olu? Ah, that's a fun
1: story. (laughs) I guess. Um, No, I didn't wake up well. I probably woke up, yes, I admit. I woke up one day and I was on my way to work. At the time, I was working in an advertising agency, which was first time for me. I've done the PR, the communications, marketing side of things, so I wanted advertising as well. So I was walking uh, up the road to the place, actually, where the gallery now exists. Uh, It's my old place of work. Wait, the
0: place your gallery? uh, Let's just by the way, Gallery M A B D, and we'll. What does that stand for?
1: Gallery M A B D. Um, it stands for money and art, branding and design. I love it. Obviously, being the the gallery part of things, mm-hmm. but branding is the PR and communications and marketing side of things that I also do, and design is the part of the visual marketing that my sister Aldi does. So I love I, this. I'm, a, I'm,
0: this is this sister business then, right? Yeah. So you, I love it, it. Yeah. sister power. That's amazing. So you've combined. The gallery with the branding through your sister and through the marketing and communications, this is the perfect mm-hmm. blend of your life.
1: There is, um, but like like I was mentioning earlier, the idea of an art gallery, it wasn't part of the initial plan when um, I wanted to start or go back to being an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. So in the morning when I was... Running late as usual for my first morning meetings.
0: I'm not a morning person. No, you are not. You are not a morning <laughs> not, person and you do not no. run on time. I will tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: I was walking to work and I was thinking, okay, why am I keep doing this? Why am I building businesses for other people? Why am I not building my own business? So in the same evening, my sister actually rang, and she was being thinking about the same thing. That, okay, should we start a company together? Should we go into business together? And mm-hmm. that's where it started from. And we started planning a company that was supposed to focus just on the marketing, PR, communications, media, relations, design side of things, and then out of the blue a gallerist in Oslo approached me uh, she knew me from all the regular visits i've been uh, doing to her galleries and she suggested or came to ask and say okay how about if you buy buy, buy part of my business how do you mm. feel about that and i was so, "Hmm, i haven't thought about it but why not because the gallery <laughs> space that she has I just loved it.
0: That was so, your first yeah. gallery space, right, Hannah? That was the one with all the windows and all the light uh, that sort of just streamed in on all sides. Is that the one? No.
1: Yeah, that's that's the first uh, where we were for the first two mm-hmm. and a half, three years. Mm-hmm. It was in the oldest stone built building in all of. Yeah. And that building was built in 1906, which is uh, a long time Yeah, a long time. Yes. Yeah. And uh, considering afterwards, I think I just fell in love with the place and the space. And uh, that's how the gallery style okay. uh, part of the company came along. And um, I've never done galleries. I, I haven't been, I don't have cultural background, I haven't studied arts or anything, my career has been in tech PR (laughs) for plus years in tech PR, so what do I know about arts? Uh, But arts and visual arts especially have always been a very important part of my life and I've um, had the pleasure of enjoying it and I know that if I haven't been to an exhibition on a regular uh, uh, time sort of... I start missing, my brain doesn't function mm-hmm. if I don't see us on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. So I well, think then it... there was a, the second t- after that, then I said yes to the, 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 uh, previous carriers of that space. I said, yes, I had to convince my sister, um, <laughs> but <And, Well,
0: laughs> she wasn't, yeah, she wasn't. We
1: started running and get oh, gallery in addition to anything else. So we actually built the business around the gallery so the gallery was the main focus and then we've been doing other stuff but three four years later it was when I went back to <laughs> the original business strategy mm-hmm. reading about it mm-hmm. uh, how things have changed over the years but um, I'm now happy yeah I've been really happy that I made this move so, I still do PR
0: yeah but, uh, okay you're still doing focus, PR but let's let's unpack yeah. this for a little bit let's 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 take it apart because I think you said something that was really interesting to me a little bit backward back, back earlier when you said you have no cultural background and no background in art. So what business did you have starting a gallery at the same time? Visual arts have been a very big part of your life. So, I mean, how much convincing of yourself did you have to do that this was, something that you wanted to do and then how much convincing of your sister or other people around you did you have to do?
1: Well, it's kind of like, um, it was a good and a bad thing that I haven't studied arts. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, Well, I've studied some arts. uh, primary school and all these kind of a things when <laughs> I was uh, I was younger and I, I loved drawing and I, I thought that I after graduation from high school that I, I wanted to be an artist but it was the beginning of the 90s and that was the time when people were expected to have a proper job and then mm. they could go and have a nice hobby like art
0: yeah is that something so, that is that yeah. a finish is that a finished thing or is that just like your what you were your society was saying hey better to get a job do this on the side.
1: That was quite, uh, I think it was in Finland that the society was expecting you to have a proper job.
0: Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's funny that they would here, think being an art gallery wouldn't be a proper job.
1: Well, you can earn enough, I guess. Yeah. You can earn a living. Uh, and as yeah. an artist over here in Finland, is still a struggle mm-hmm. to earn a living just doing your art. So I guess that's still the thinking behind it. That was. Yeah. Wasn't it 20 years ago? Isn't yeah. It now 30 years
0: ago. <laughs> yeah, well, I know. you are back too far in time. You get you get concerned.
1: Yeah, so I've, I've, I've used my creativity in a different way because I also in, enjoy writing. Mm-hmm. So I've been, instead of, say, painting or drawing, I've been writing and I've been using more words in creating a business and, and a profession out of, What I can do in a couple of different languages, Finnish and English, and helping these engineers to go
0: and (laughs) conquer the world. Yeah, I mean, I think there's something really beautiful about a creative person, and you are a creative person, um, in that you're creatively putting words together. You know, like you said, and one side of you is, you know, supporting these engineers to go out in the world and do their thing, but also to be able to cater to yourself. And I think it's really interesting that this person came to you out of the blue and just said, Hey, do you want to like invest in my gallery? And I guess my question to you is how much of a hard decision was that for you? Or it was more like, Hey, I'll just try it. I'm an entrepreneur. Why not?
1: I think for me, it was an easy decision because for a long, long time, I've been wanting to change my life in respect of what i do for living how do i earn my living mm-hmm. so it was easy for me it was harder to convince my sister um, <laughs> it hasn't uh, it hasn't been easy a uh, journey to also convince the industry or the market that mm-hmm. yeah who is this person where did she come from but it did <laughs> certainly help that i bought part of the, the existing gallery so i didn't have to start from scratch yeah
0: I mean, in many in many ways, so many galleries are struggling, right? Like they there's a, the whole conversation around the struggling of galleries. And if you look at a lot of galleries, they're owned by artists or people that have been in the business. Whereas you, on the other hand, as somebody that's been in business, right, you've been in the yeah. market of branding and making things work. And perhaps maybe this older model of it being a very sort of closed world where it's a little bit. I mean, some some galleries, you know, you just it just feels so unwelcoming, right? They're like, oh, you don't have an art degree. Oh, mm-hmm. you haven't bought like $40,000 worth of painting. So please don't come look at our art, which is, is not how a gallery should be. So I think it may be a more of a symbiotic relationship that you have the business, the creative, the marketing background to be able to say, I'm going to reapply all of this to, you know, this passion. I mean... I didn't know you'd always want to be an artist as a child. That seems to me. I love that. Yeah,
1: yeah, and I think it's it's been an opportunity and a chance and strength for me to not to have any ties to the the, the way that the culture, the arts, the galleries, museums, yeah. artists, they work. Yeah. So I've um, I've had, I've been, I think people are not expecting me to behave the same way that they would if I would be an
0: artist. That's so liberating so, though, right? That's amazingly yeah, liberating. It's, it's
1: very liber- It's very liberating. And I've been, uh, is, this market compared to <laughs> my previous life it is more <laughs> conservative, very traditional. Things like um, over here, at least in Finland, I don't know how it is in the different countries, but most artists or galleries, they don't publish in their social media updates the price of the painting or the artwork. Mm-hmm. And I started doing that a couple of years ago and
0: Did you have a lot it of pushback? Like, or?
1: No, it, it sounded like a little thing, but actually it changed the market a little bit because now people know the price levels. Yeah. So if you see a, a nice update of a painting, I was like, oh, that's mm-hmm. really nice. Mm-hmm. Oh, could I afford it? Yeah. Or, you don't have to send an extra message or think about do I dare to contact? Yeah, no, I as love as yes, exactly. It's there. Exactly, it's there. yeah. So, I'm, I'm with little things like this, and also utilizing my uh, understanding of the marketing, branding, media relations, sales, B2B mm-hmm. sales. It's a ver- it's very consultative sales, yeah. So it's not like you're pushing it, okay, bye, bye, bye. Same thing with arts, you need to. Uh, i let the art sell itself basically but yeah. i'm just giving him more opportunities i'm very active on social media we do daily updates on instagram facebook i've done sales through linkedin <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh,
0: well i think um, you're i think that's a very smart approach because you do see a lot of articles out there today Um, about, you know, art, can galleries make it? Will galleries be able to, you know, transform is the model broken sort of thing. And something you said about it was a little thing, right? It was a little thing you did by posting the prices. And, you know, this podcast is tiny little victories. And I think it is the little things that make a difference. And I, 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 I always like to see the price of art because I feel like if you see something and you like it, you want to know, like you said, can I afford it? And I think part of that exclusionary feeling that a lot of people yeah, get yeah. from galleries is the fact that it's you feel like you can't ask, and why not? If you you're know, if I, you're moved by a piece of yeah. art, don't isn't that the point? <laughs> <laughs>
1: you we know? uh, talking over each other, but sorry, that's because like <laughs> I, I'm on a mission to make art and art exhibitions available to anyone. Who live or visits Oulu? I'm, I want to lower the threshold. Mm-hmm. Well, anyways, our gallery is very accessible. There's no threshold, anyways, <laughs> and they are the big, beautiful windows in the new art uh, gallery space. They actually, when the electricity was more affordable, I would leave the lights on during the night so people could. If if you're not, if you're too afraid to come in. You can actually go and enjoy the exhibitions through the windows, and obviously in the summertime you can do that twenty-four hours a day. <laughs> it's kind of like I am. I don't. I'm not a fan of people like putting themselves on a pedestal and thinking, "Okay, this is art. This is culture. This mm-hmm. is high culture," as we call it in mm-hmm. Finnish. Like, no, it is. It should be culture. Is and art is for everyone. Mm-hmm, I agree. And this is what we. we the little things, little victories, like the the prize on a social media updates. It is. I just want to make it so that more and more people would dare to come in, yeah, and come and enjoy it because it, oh, it's good for your brain. It's mm-hmm. a, a great inspiration. It, it's good for your imagination and everything like that.
0: No, I agree. I think I I love that because your your goal is so. Powerful, right? I mean, to lower the threshold, to let everybody come in, to like everybody feel included.
1: During the, the worst COVID times, I was thinking about virtualizing the gallery, but I wasn't in a... yeah. <laughs> Luckily, I didn't go down that route, yeah. because now I've got new ideas. But that's the natural next step I want to do with the gallery. I want to make the gallery more international, and make it more international. It needs to be also virtual, but not the virtual probably well this is me typical of me yeah. i want to in uh, make it different make it because i haven't found yet a virtual gallery that makes me go like oh wow <laughs>
0: i'm going what in what there I,
1: I want yeah yeah exactly so i'm talking to people now who do metaverse or nft yeah and these kind of things so uh, well there are some go, go, No, I was just going to big plans in the works.
0: Okay, so let's take a break for just a minute, and let's come back to that converse, that those two things you brought up, which was NFTs and the metaverse. And we will take a short break, and we'll come back and talk to uh, Hannah about what she really feels about NFTs in the metaverse. Stay tuned. Okay, we're back and something I've been dying to ask Hannah, which is something she brought up in the earlier segment was NFTs and the metaverse. Now, I asked Hannah to watch, try to watch anyway, a docu film by a PR and branding woman and a self-proclaimed um, Web3 enthusiast who's made a film about the metaverse and why we need to feel good about it. and. Um, she's very much into NFTs and opening up the world through the metaverse. Now I haven't finished watching the film. It's, it's a lot, but I also kind of admire it, Hannah, because I feel like she's so passionate about showing what can be. And I really like that about her part of the film was about that, but it really got me sort of riled up about the metaverse and NFTs, because I'm sorry, what the F? These NFTs, is that art, Ken? I I have a hard time calling that art, NFTs. People say, oh, I made an NFT of this, that, and the other. And I'm like, why, why? You're not the only
1: one. (laughs) i tried to watch the documentary and i managed to watch the first 10 minutes of it and I was just thinking that, okay, (laughs) she had those goggles on and it's like it must be very tiring that you're just focusing on your eyesight, one of your senses. One
0: of your senses, exactly.
1: Yeah, like that because like I want to enjoy art with all of my senses if
0: possible. And I know so that the wow. concept is, is that it open, like you said, I want to open up at the gallery to everybody, right. To lower the threshold and yep. her feeling with allowing people to come into the metaverse, to view museums, to take tours. And like you said earlier, a lot of museums, especially in Paris used virtual reality and augmented reality during the pandemic to let people have a feel. but. I love that you said it's just one of your senses, because I'm pretty sure people would argue with us if we had another person on the call about that. Um,
1: yeah, because yeah, like, um, like I said earlier, that I was thinking when, when Covid was uh, at its worst over here and the gallery had to be closed and all that unfortunate and um, depressing stuff it is that I'm glad that I didn't go down the virtual gallery route, or, well, my didn't exist then. Because after two years of not being physically able to go and enjoy whatever you enjoyed in your life, you could tell that there was a fatigue. People were tired of anything virtual.
0: Yeah, um, I agree with you. I think this
1: that. Is the, what, what, yeah, this is what I've been hearing all through the summer, even mm. though over here you could just like have a proper like, almost normal life almost a year and a half now. And just, <laughs> like, oh, it's so nice yeah. to be able to go and enjoy, isn't and it? Go, go and visit places. And um, I think technology is good. And I enjoy the opportunities that it gives and provides us. But if it's the only solution, then it's gonna make the. the, the I, I don't. I don't agree. I, it's, it's, I think it's gonna make our lives poorer. I agree. It's just like, okay, are, are we gonna be just sitting on our couches and have those big massive goggles on and <laughs> trying to think that okay, this is a wonderful forty-eight hour experience in metaverse? Yeah. Um, no, we we need human interaction. Yeah, I agree. We need to. We need to hear, feel, touch. See. Taste. Yeah. This is what we need.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I I agree with you because I feel like COVID was really hard. Like isolation was mm-hmm. big and especially, you know, for me and Gigi, uh, it's just us. Mm-hmm. And I love that the world is opening up. And, you know, I had a birthday party here at my house mm-hmm. and I have 13 people. first time I had that many people over and um yeah. nobody use their phone because the next day all 13 people texted me and they said, "Hey, you have any pictures. It was so beautiful. We love the oysters, the champagne." <laughs> and I said, "Wait up. Uh, no." And nobody took that. no I know. Nobody took one photograph. And and um, I thought that was the sign of a fantastic successful party. And the interesting thing was the people that were, there were all new to each other. So it was a lot of cross pollination. Uh Nobody was on their phone. Nobody left early. In fact, they stayed three hours longer than they should have. And (laughs) I, the only time a phone got used was, uh, one of my friends and his husband, they were going to another party at 1 a.m. And they used their phone to call (laughs) Uber to leave to go to the party. And so, I really think that your point about the senses is, is a very important thing. I do think that we want to touch, we want to create, we want to be together. But sadly, I think that we will adopt this technology because look how gluttonous we've been with social media, right? With Facebook, we've just tumbled down this rabbit hole where a click and a like means a relationship with somebody or a connection with somebody. It does not.
1: But you know what? Historical day today, I've deactivated my Twitter account, my very, very first social media life.
0: Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank
1: you. Thank you. I have I guess, no more Facebook
0: know. or Instagram. I'm still struggling on Twitter, but with all the crazy stuff happening, I have tried a new platform, which is much calmer, like it used to be at the beginning. Mm-hmm. But I don't feel like I need it anymore. Like, it doesn't serve me.
1: No, I think it's like okay, obviously for my work as, as, as a gallerist yeah. Instagram is the best tool but then again like I said earlier I have made sales through LinkedIn yeah. as well so you never know but I don't think I haven't been very active on Twitter I don't think I'm gonna miss it no and, uh, it's, not, it's a hot mess out development, there development I don't like the route that it's taking so yeah yeah freedom of speech
0: it's bad what there's too. it's bad over there like it's a hot mess it's like a train wreck and you can't look away and you're like what's happening here oh, all
1: right back to NFT, and yes. back to NFT and yes. I think they might have some tools that I want to use when I'm start developing the virtual gallery because I've met some interesting people through a networking event, I've started over here in mm-hmm. Uh so um, I think we're going to have an interesting conversation because like when I want, when I talk about virtual gallery and virtual experience of art, I want to be, make it, well, more virtual, more approachable, <laughs> not like you're just clicking on an arrow that you want to go through an empty hallway to go and see a painting. Okay, can we
0: can we pause on that right there because that is brilliant more approachable does not mean standing in a hallway and clicking on a link i think this is a very big point here that you're making is if Uh people say that the metaverse is allowing things to be more open and sherry and lower the threshold your point is really valid what is approachable Uh What is approachable today with technology is standing in a hallway and turning with your Oculus headset on and clicking a link and walking down a hallway and seeing a Van Gogh painting. Is that approachable, or, or is it exposure to something? No, not to
1: me. Not yeah. at least. Well, I enjoyed when they. Um... Museum. Did you see that what they did on Google Arts and Culture? i have not. COVID. not They Tell me. posted a big massive I don't know how many gigabytes of the the, the Night Watch painting. Oh the Night Watch, yes.
0: The Night Watch painting, yeah.
1: yes. Yeah, so I think it was like I don't know. A massive painting they posted online so could you could actually zoom it so that you feel like you could almost touch it?
0: Yes. The artist that did that, her name was Estella C T S E, and I actually wrote wrote about her and that painting yeah. uh, on Forbes a couple of years ago because they had brought okay. that. It was at the Rix Museum in Amsterdam. They were doing yeah. it there, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, this is the kind of a thing of like, okay, if you're doing something virtual, you need to be able to provide an opportunity to do something different that you'll be able to do in a museum or a gallery. You yeah. can't go to, you can't touch the painting at the gallery. Exactly. But if you do it virtually, you're probably good. Yeah. Or you should.
0: That's a really good distinction. So is- I love that. You go into a gallery, you see a, uh, um, you know, you see a Rembrandt, you cannot touch it but using Mm -hmm. technology like Estelle did, where she recreated the Night's Watch, where you could walk through that painting Mm -hmm. and feel it around you. That's approachable.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so instead of just creating a virtual version of the reality that we live in, Mm I think we should go beyond and think about different ways Okay, If in reality we can't do this, could we do this in virtual?
0: Yeah, I love that.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this is what my brain is thinking now. This is why I've applied for a couple of the fundings here in Finland to see if they would give me some development
0: <laughs> give me money. Give some to money, to right.
1: Approach How this do, idea.
0: <laughs> I, Hannah, this is amazing. How do you think your other fellow gall- gallerists feel about your sort of avant-garde out of the box let me do what i want approach to your gallery have you had any pushback or support or what's that been like
1: um i don't know exactly what they are what they honestly think (laughs) but i also (laughs) (laughs) but uh i know at least one of the galleries we uh, do monthly gallery walks so she enjoys all the uh marketing um all the activity that I've also helped to create for her gallery um, and she's the only other uh, private privately owned gallery here and all of the mm-hmm. other ones are publicly funded so they can continue doing the way they've been always doing things without thinking about okay what's gonna sell or what's not mm-hmm. which is good because yeah. we need places like that yeah. it's a space for just do experimental art or anything like that but then there's also a new curator for the northern um photo center that is my next door neighbor and we've had a very good conversations and i think she's kind of a she likes my way of doing things and (laughs) i think she's trying to apply to do similar things with, with their exhibitions and with their collaborations with businesses and stuff like that that's
0: amazing so you're bringing people along you're dragging them along with you I love love that. That's really the Hannah way. way. That's, that's, that's the Hannah way though, right? Like you have, you're very, I think one of the, one of your best qualities is perseverance, right? Like, I think you really feel strongly about bringing people along on a journey. I think you've always been like that in your marketing communications and your branding work. And I think that this gallery is the same. So we're out of time for today, but I am going to, in the end notes, give everybody a link to gallery M-A-B-D at the end. I'm going to put some in the notes because at least you guys can all check it out online. And if you're ever visiting Finland and you go to Olu, which by the way, is absolutely beautiful. I love it up there. Um, You can drop by and go to the gallery and meet Hannah and I'm sure she will give you a glass of Prosecco.
1: Oh, at least white wine.
0: Or white wine, exactly. So, Hannah, thank you so much. I know it's late there, and I really appreciate you coming on and sharing this. It just I didn't know that you had been doing all of these different things and where your thoughts were about sort of reducing the threshold around people visiting galleries. But it's just so amazing to hear. So, thank you.
1: Thank you, Jennifer. It's been my pleasure.
0: OK, everybody, stay tuned for a wrap up after this. Sometimes after you have really good conversations with people, uh, it makes you think about how proud and happy you are to know those people. And I hope you all enjoyed our conversation with Hannah Maniman who owns a gallery MABD in Oulu, Finland. And I really feel like one of the things she said that was really interesting to me is she said, I always wanted to be an artist when I was a child. But as I was growing up, the society there and culture was like, nope, get a proper job. And she gets a proper job. She's working in London. She's working in Helsinki. She is working with international companies. She is doing marketing and communications and PR, traveling to Barcelona from Overworld World Congress. And, you know, something inside of her, maybe she couldn't identify it, but she knew that there was something she wanted to do. And I, I think one of the things that happens when you're living life is, as you continue to live it, you get closer to yourself you get closer to understanding the things that give you joy. And I think that it was so serendipitous that somebody just said, hey, do you wanna buy into my gallery? And Hannah's attitude as an entrepreneur is like, yeah, sure, why not? I can make it work. And I think that is a tiny little victory because by doing that, she has put herself in a place where she's going to be using all of this experience from all these decades to make this work and you know i think hannah is a out-of-the-box thinker she thinks out of the box in sort of a culture that doesn't want you to think out of the box all the time and i love it that her goal by 2026 is to put ulu on the map as a capital of you know a cultural city and i've traveled to ulu and it's very lovely and it's by the water and the people are friendly and the, it's just a very beautiful place. And sort of everywhere I turn, there's these little snippets of art and culture and history. And if anyone can make Ulu sort of the cultural capital over there, it's gonna be Hannah. So I hope that all of you will take a minute and stop by her website. It's those W's, www. Um, gallery, M a b d dot fi for Finland but it will reroute you to an international version of her site and if you definitely find your way up that way definitely stop by the gallery she's a very invites everybody in and um you can see her gallery and if you're an artist maybe give her a shout out and uh, see if she might be interested in carrying your art because that could be a very cool thing. For making that gallery an international gallery and on that note i'm just going to remind you to share this podcast we are on spotify stitcher overcast iheartradio itunes and anchor by spotify go spotify so have a great rest of your day wherever you are in the world and we will catch you next time on tiny little victories